Good morning. <laughs> so we are coming out of Lent. The, we're entering into the, the wilderness that, or enter, leaving the wilderness that we've been in in the Lent season that we've been talking about in this journey of returning to God with all our heart. We find ourselves caught up in a party, really, a, a, a parade. It's, Jesus is coming in and, and people are cheering and there's this procession of palms and people are throwing their coats down on the, on the road. It must have been rich. Huh? It's like, yeah, let me throw my, walk on my coat. <laughs> and it's been a long journey. You know, some of y'all have been fasting some important stuff and it's been a long journey. Can I get amen? Amen. <laughs> to get to this place. We're at the gates of Jerusalem. Jesus is about to make his grand entry into the heart of the city. And we haven't arrived here by chance. I just want to emphasize that. We've spent time in reflection and time listening and looking and trying to figure out, okay, God, here I am. What is it that you have for me? Remembering who we are as followers of Christ, and whose we are. In, a, in this journey that we've been on during Lent, we've devoted these weeks to intentionally imitating Christ. Remember early on, we were, it was about imitating Christ, and then repenting, which simply means to turn away from. The things that get between us and God, we want to turn away from those and turn back towards God. We talked about coming together, for we belong to one another, amen? That's who we are as a body of believers. And then we've been talking the last couple of weeks about embracing the new thing, embracing this new life that is offered to us, embracing what God is already doing while anticipating what God is going to do. We focus this year on looking at and trying to figure out how to become one as the Father and Son are one. See, with Abraham, he promised he'd had descendants, more descendants than there, than there are stars. And this is to a 90-year-old guy. Our God does miracles. What did you say this was? <laughs> a turkey, yeah. It's a quail. I think that... It's not a giraffe, it's a quail. Patty made me a giraffe. She tried to make a quail. <laughs> God is a God of miracles. A million and five quail brought into the Israelites. Our God is a God of miracles. And if we've walked this path, if we've walked in purposeful prayer, if we've walked this path over the Lent in self-reflection, we discover that there is a master gardener who has been at work in our lives and in, 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 in our hearts. And we're beginning to see the possibility. We begin to see the new potential that we have in our lives and in our calling. I say this a lot because I really want you to know that you are gifted. You are called. Every person in here, each of you, is called and gifted by God. And this season has hopefully been a reshaping for our hearts, a re, reinvigorating of us and creating a longing, a yearning. I like that word, yearning, for what lies ahead. What's next, God? What's next? I want what's next. What, what is it that you've got in front of me? And up until this point, this journey is what has prepared us and our hearts to enter into this week, to enter into these final days 
of Christ, to enter into this walk with Jesus as we head to Jerusalem. Our passage is out of Luke 19. I'm going to use the, we talked about this with 412 Youth this morning, the, the entrance into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry is in every gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. That's right. We talked about that this morning, too. The best news, really, is, is that the story of Christ that's found in the Gospels. And, and so we're going to look at it from different perspectives, and I'm going to use three of the four Gospels this morning. This is from Luke 19, 28. After he had said this, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. And when he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you're going to find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say to them, the Lord needs it. I'll get to that later. So <laughs> those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. And they were arrested. And, no. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered them, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would cry out. The stones would cry out. So why are we here today? What is this about? What is this Palm Sunday? Uh, it's part of the Christian year, right? It's that, uh, I know what that is. That's when the kids come in and wave stuff around and holler. That's what Palm Sunday is. Palm Sunday, it's a day of celebration, right? It's a day of celebration for the coming king, the coming king. They've been wanting this king to come. The Jewish people have been waiting for this king to come. They knew that, that they were going to have a Messiah to show up. They'd had some false messiahs over the years, so they thought it was meant to be. They were looking at Jesus going, man, this is him. This is the one. But they were expecting something a little different. They were expecting someone, a conquering king, a king to come in to free them from the Romans. So that's part of what's going on. The people are excited because, hey, finally we have this king we've been waiting on for literally decades and years and years. And over here the Pharisees are going, you know, we can't, I don't know what's going on with this Jesus guy, but I don't, he's, he's like claiming to be God and stuff. That's not okay with us. He, that's blasphemy. So we need to do something with, about that. And, and, and we're going to have to figure out what to do with Jesus. So that's going on too. And Jesus is trying desperately to make his disciples understand his purpose. Because they're with the Jewish folks, really. The king, the conqueror, that's it. You know, we've been with him. We see the miracles. And Jesus wants them to get it. So let me drop back a couple of days before this entering into Jerusalem. John chapter 12 tells us the following. Verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served. 
while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Now, I want to stop here because think about this. This had not been very long since Lazarus had been raised from the dead. And I want to emphasize that one of the passages, scriptures told us he didn't smell good because he was really, really dead. This was not, this wasn't like, well, he's asleep. He had died and Jesus rose, had raised him from the dead. And now he's sitting at a table reclining with Lazarus. You know, like, right, just another day in the life of Jesus. Here's a dead guy. I'm going to eat with him. What? You know, this is... This is, this is Jesus, though, right? This is who he is. You just never know what's going to happen when you're walking with Jesus. Hmm. That might even be true today. You just never know what's going to happen when you walk with Jesus. Another day in the life of Jesus, I'm eating with Lazarus, raised him from the dead. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, which was an expensive perfume and she poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume have you ever been in a, in a place where where some perfume got spilled or something and it just kind of you just permeates and, and and not not the kind that overwhelms you but the kind that just smells good but one of his disciples Judas Iscariot who was later to later to betray him objected and Jesus had this to say to Judas leave her alone it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Jesus is foreshadowing his death for the disciples. He's trying to get across. This is not the conquering story that, that, that people are thinking about, that this is going to be. That's going to be different than what you think. But they still couldn't see, which is not uncommon. We can't see until we can see. Amen. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came. And I love this, uh, that John included this, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus who was raised from the dead. This, this word, you know, this isn't, you know, jump on it, jump in my car and drive over. This, you know, Lazarus raised from the dead is going to take people a while to congregate. So they're there to see Jesus and they're there to see Lazarus. And this is the prelude to Palm Sunday. Would Jesus be the conquering king? Would it be all hail King Jesus? Is this who he would be? They desperately wanted him. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. How many of y'all have seen somebody raise somebody from the dead? Me neither. And that's pretty powerful stuff. He raised him from the dead. He'd healed the sick. He fed the hungry. Five loaves and two fish, right? Fed thousands. This is an amazing man. He served the poor. He, he brought into his circle fishermen and tax collectors. He did it wrong, but he was trying to get a message across that all are welcome, welcome in his circle. Surely this is the king of kings. And I want to move to Mark's gospel, which is a reflection of, of Luke's. It says, as they approached Jerusalem, came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you're going to find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord needs it and we'll send it back shortly. At least Mark said that they're going to return it. You know, it's, Luke is over here saying, we're going to take your, take your car. We're going to take, take your horse. We're going to, you know. So anyway, they, they, went they found it just like he said. They untied it. Some people were standing around. Now, people are always standing around, aren't they? Some people are standing around, and they said, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them, and they got arrested and sent to jail. No, that's not what happened. And the people let them go. 
when they brought the colt to Jesus, they threw their cloaks over and he sat on it. Here's the thing about this, and, and, and this story always, and, and it's from a prophecy, and I'll get to that in a minute. But the, <laughs> this just blows me away because we have a weird problem. We probably don't get what's going on here, right? They didn't have cars, right? What did they have? Their feet and horses. So if someone came up to you and came into you, you happen to leave your keys in your car in the driveway, and they came up and they get and they hop in your car and they fire it up and they start to back out. And you go, hang on, what are you doing? Oh, don't worry about it. The master has need of it. Do you go, oh, okay, well, go ahead and take my car. No, no, you don't do that. But they respond that way. This is, you know, this, this part of the story is just like, wow, you know. They took their transportation, and it was okay. It was okay. It's a strange kind of start to the story. It, and it, it also begs, why is it even in there? And, and, and it is a reflection of a passage that was written 500 years before. 500 years before. And it, in, in Hebrew scripture, the prophet Zechariah, in Zechariah 9.9, said, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. On, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Five centuries before Jesus came, Zechariah is saying this will happen. Hear this, because this is important. A lot of times people will, will, will kind of push against Scripture and, and say, well, it's all this or it's, it's only one aspect of our journey. It's just about love. It's also about obedience to Scripture. Jesus came not to do away with the Scripture. He came to fulfill the Scripture, and that's what he did. And he did it consistently. He fulfilled prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. This, the reason that this is in the Gospels is because it's a fulfillment of a prophecy from 500 years before the event. Written down. This is incredible. Fulfilled on Palm Sunday. And after that, we get to some of the more familiar passages. The people put their cloaks on the road. They spread branches they had cut in the fields. John's gospel tells us that they were palm branches. They put their coats down. They, those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. It was Hoshana, which means save us. Please save us. Deliver us. It's a cry for salvation. The people are shouting, save us. Save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, right? Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of David, the King David who is, our, who is our ancestor. Hosanna in the highest. They're crying out. They want salvation. Deliver us from Roman rule. They wanted deliverance from Roman rule. They wanted deliverance from the oppression of the Romans. Consider for a moment what this would have been like for some different groups. Put yourself in the place of the crowd, right? So the crowd is there. And, and they're excited because Jesus is the miracle worker. And, and they're thinking, we've got him. This is the one. And that's where that, you know, the, the Hosanna, they're shouting. They're, there's a claim going on there. They're, they're ecstatic, crying out, Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, God, for bringing us our Messiah, the one who will deliver us. For the disciples, now, this is, these guys are some of my favorites, right? 
They've been traveling with Jesus for three years. And they're entering into Jerusalem, and the crowd's gone wild, right? <laughs> the crowd literally has gone wild. And the disciples are probably going, finally, <laughs> we've been out in the wilderness. We've been having to travel, you know, travel everywhere, and we're doing all this stuff, and people are ridiculing us. But finally, we come in, and we're getting some acclaim. And by the way, we're finally going to get to all this we got notice, you know, we're going to talk about royalty. We're, going, we're on the right side, and people are going to recognize, and we're going to get a seat of honor, and, and it's, it's kind of cool. They're probably walking in like this by Jesus, like, hey, I'm with him, you know, and, and that's, that's what's going on for them. They're, they're happy. They're, 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 they're just thinking, I know they are, and they're thinking, man, finally, we're finally where we need to be. And then, of course, we've got these guys, the Pharisees. Think about them when all this is going on. All of this crowd is going crazy for this, for, for, for this, for Jesus, and, and they're going, um, we're trying to arrest him and put him in jail. This is probably not going to turn out very well. We can't just kind of go up and get him right now. The crowd would turn on us. So now they have to go and start sneaking around. And later in the week, we know that that leads to the Garden of Gethsemane where they arrest him in the middle of the night. But here's the thing. What about for Jesus? The one who knew exactly what was going on. Who even at this moment of adoration, even at this moment of adulation, he knew what this week would bring. He knew that he was our only hope. He knew that he was the Messiah. He knew that it wasn't about the Romans. He knew that it was about our hearts and our eternity. He knew that he was truly the only way to Hoshana, salvation. Bittersweet, right? You're entering into Jerusalem with the crowd cheering, knowing what's coming. Drew this morning pointed out, you know, that it starts here, and he knew that at the end of the week they would turn on him. Beth, if you'll give me the next slide, it's not turning. So this week is a long week. Prayer guide is eight weeks this or eight days this week. Eight weeks would be a long week. It's eight days this week. I'll post it online. I think there's a couple left. And what it does is it walks us through the week. It starts on today, the Palm Sunday, and then it will move into Holy Monday when he turns over some tables in the temple. And Tuesday when he teaches, and Wednesday when Judas betrays him for 30 pieces of silver, and Thursday when Maundy Thursday happens and he washes the feet of his disciples and institutes communion and ends up in the garden. And we'll have a, that self-guided path will be here. You can come anytime from noon to 8, spend as much or as little time as you'd like, just reflecting on this. Good Friday service when he was crucified. And we will seal the tomb here after that service. We will chain the door and it'll be a, we'll, this will represent the tomb. And then Easter next week will be the rising of our, of our Savior. And I always emphasize this week because it's really easy to sometimes go a Sunday to Sunday. 
But if this week you do Sunday to Sunday, you have gone from Palm Sunday to Easter, and you have missed a lot. Don't miss a lot. There's a lot that happens in this week. So if you can, walk that journey with Jesus. He'll reveal some things to you. He'll let you know some things that are going on that he wants to bless you indeed. I pray that you'll walk that with him. And as always, I want to remind you that God is with you wherever you are and whatever you're going through. God is with you. And God is for you. He wants good things for you. He has plans for a hope and a future. And he's, in fact, ahead of you because he loves you that much. He truly does. But today is Palm Sunday, so let me get out of Good Friday and get back to Palm Sunday. Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna!